Hello, hello all, and welcome to the L Show, where the L stands for leaning in, which means we are not going to shy away from any subject, no matter how taboo or how uncomfortable it may be. Things like menopause, sex and libido, mental health, depression, you name it, we will talk about it. Now today, though, our... we're going to do is going to be, we are leaning up because we are going to turn it up. We are here with my girls from pharmacy school. I'm so excited for all of those who can see me. The smile is so real. So um, today we are turning up, we are drinking wine. Go ahead and give ourselves a little toast here. Cheers. Cheers. And JT is drinking coffee. coffee. So that's fine. (laughs) Um, So we're going to turn it up today with my girls, um, my circle of trust, my esteemed colleagues whom I love. Um, and for those of you who can, who can see the L show live, um, it's on WSIC news on Facebook or YouTube for those of you who like the visuals. And then for my listening Kings and Queens, the L show is also on Apple podcast and Spotify. So thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Dr. Nicole Eastman, owner of Rose pharmacy and boutique apothecary here in Cornelius, where our focus is on functional medicine. My team and I, we compound medication specifically formulated, for you based upon a script from your from your provider, excuse me. They kind of call us like we're the MacGyvers of medicine. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Rose Pharmacy and Boutique Apothecary or on our website at www.roserxboutique.com. And as always, the content may not be suitable for all audiences and the information provided is not intended to replace the advice of your medical provider. So let me introduce you guys to my guests. To my girls, to my my esteemed colleagues, my love, my just these are my pharmacy school BFFs. So, um, Dr. Joanna Tracy, PharmD, uh, she is board certified in uh, pediatric pediatric medicine, right? She has an MBA as well. So she was a smart one in our group. So she, <laughs> when we went through pharmacy school, Joanna did the dual program. She got her PharmD and her MBA, but we were too scared to do it. I think that's, that's that was what it a was. big commitment. I know that was huge. Um, and then we also have Dr. Nadine Mokhtari, PharmD. She is a geriatric pharmacist and owner of NTM RX Consultants. And then, of course, we have my steady Eddie, who has been <laughs> here many times, Dr. Georgian. Douglas, remember, I always want to say George, right? I always say George. It's okay. Right? (laughs) She is the owner of GD Pharmacy Consultants. And as we all know, she is a Mediterranean health coach. Welcome, 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 ladies. I'm so glad that you guys could be on the show. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Can you guys, you guys can hear us okay and, and all that, right? Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So our show today is all about pharmacy and really more specifically, removing the thoughts that people have in their minds. As we talk about this, we know automatically people think that pharmacists, all we do is what? Count by, what's the number? Count like by five. five so you got or, your pill yeah, tray. You got your pill just... tray. Yep. Can't you just throw those pills in the bottle and mm-hmm. why is it taking so long, right? So we are here to dispel those myths, truly, um, and educate folks on not only why you should rely on your pharmacist, but really how you can utilize your pharmacist uh, for our expertise. And if you don't know, by the end of this segment, I think you'll have more of an idea and at least you'll know where you can go to find out more information, right? All right, so today would be a great opportunity for people to call in. We have four brilliant women 
um, available to answer questions. So our number is 1-844-STUDIO-4 or 1-844-788-3464. And as always on the show, we like to begin with some fun facts about things. And we're doing some fun facts about pharmacy today, things that I'm sure that people didn't know. Okay, I want to hear some of these fun facts. Yeah, okay, so <clears throat> the symbol, the RX symbol, we... We thought that it was it was from the Latin word recipe, right? Like to make something. But there's another theory that suggests that it actually evolved from the Egyptian called Eye of Horus that um, is a symbol believed to have healing powers. So pharmacies and drugstores, and they've been around for a long time in the world's oldest prescriptions, they were etched into tablets around 2100 B.C., and Baghdad actually was home to some of the earliest drugstores dating back as far as the 8th century. A little Interesting, history right? lesson. Yeah, I always yeah. like to hear where it started from because sometimes yeah. we get so industrialized and modernized that sometimes we feel so robotic. We want to go back to those roots and back to that history. And that's yeah. a lot of, you know, more natural approaches that people are yeah. going for today. Exactly. You see that a lot in your pharmacy. Absolutely. They don't want as many synthetic drugs. They want more natural approach. They want something more natural. Absolutely. And the his knowing the history helps us helps connect kind the of, two. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's my fun fact. We're going to go around. We're going to be sharing more of these fun facts. So what's next? What do we have? Let's see. Um, well, first, I want to say thank you for this glass of wine. Yes, again. We, we toasted, but I, I yeah, do want to say thank you for us all getting together. Yes. We're old pharmacy school friends, and yes. this virtual meeting is so special. And also, Nicole, tell us about this wine that we're drinking. This is local, right? This wine is local. Um, it is called Wildcat Red, mm. and my girl, Lindsay Williams, owns Davidson Wine Company in Davidson. Super cute wine bar, love it, it's live music, great wine, great tapas, it's amazing. So thank you, Lindsay. This is her Wildcat Red Blend. It's delicious. So so I'll, I'll play off of that because, you know, red wine, you and I both love and the girls love too. This is something that I share a lot with around food and Mediterranean mm -hmm. diet. Mm -hmm. Red wine is part of that. And how can we utilize our pharmacist is thinking about them, not just as the medications that they're dispensing, but using them as a resource for you to ask questions about, you know, not only am I allowed to have um, wine am I allowed to have alcohol? alcohol with that medication, I have a UTI, I'm on an antibiotic. Yeah. Or can I have a Twinkie? Or can <laughs> I have a Twinkie for, for dessert? But what a lot of people don't realize is that pharmacists know a lot about nutrition and mm -hmm. over-the-counter supplements, kind of back to like what you're talking about, mm -hmm. natural remedies from history. And so using your pharmacist for that sounding board to bounce yeah. those questions off of at the it's consultation important. window, you don't have to have a prescription that you're picking up to go chat with the pharmacist. But listen, just really quickly though, be, be real, be real. Really, how many times... When you have a line, right, you have a line and somebody is probably not going to want to come to that window to like ask a question because they're like, okay, you know what? They're not going to have time for me. You're exactly right. right. Like and so you and I both have a lot of retail experience. Private. What's that? What's that? I said, and it's not very private if you need something to. Right, right. That's about that you don't want to ask in front of a line of people or big yeah. group. With a little partition that's not giving you enough, you know, yeah. sound barrier. Yeah, if you want to talk to them about your hemorrhoids, you don't want everybody to know that <laughs> you have hemorrhoids, right? Seriously, I mean, it's, it's not very private. What, what I, I love Nadine. <laughs> 
the uncomfortable conversations that you yeah. know you want someone to answer and you don't want to go make exactly. an appointment at the doctor's. Um, but that's something that I've learned through my experience in so many years in retail mm-hmm. is to field that question, hear what they're asking, yeah. get a phone number and tell them, let me call you back because it's yeah. hard to balance it in that moment. It is. And that is, and there, and therein lies the, the big issue with retail pharmacy. And we're going to get into different, you know, fields in pharmacy, but retail pharmacy is one of those that is harder to really spend the time that you want to because of possibly the volume that is coming through. Um, but then you have ladies like us who have more time to help. So again, that's not typical, but that's what we're supposed to do. Listen, we will continue this conversation when we get back from break, guys. See you soon. Welcome back to The L Show. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Eastman. I am here with my girls, my pharmacy school girls, Dr. Joanna Tracy, Dr. Nadine Mokhtari, and Dr. Georgianne Douglas. When we left from the break, we were talking about a couple fun facts. Well, actually, a few fun facts uh, concerning things that people probably don't know about pharmacy. So, Nadine, what is our next fun fact? (laughs) Now, listen, okay, we're going to be... So, why are we looking at each other like this is because... Georgianne was supposed to do a fun fact and earlier. I, I went off and script. And she just went off <laughs> script, okay? Straight into it. She just, yeah, she just went straight into it. So so we skipped her. Now we're going to, to Nadine next. And we'll come back around to Gigi in a little bit, okay? So, yeah. That works. Yeah, Let's you just took it. all your time that's earlier, it. okay? That's okay. It's right. not uncharacteristic of Georgianne, by the way. It's <laughs> all the time. Late at night. Yes, late at night. Hanging out of pharmacy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which we still had our last conversation was like, how many hours long did we talk? I know, it's yeah. like four hours. Probably. Yeah, it just yeah, jumps off 10 times from Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> 45 minute limit. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's, let's move okay. on with our fun fact. I will give a fun fact. Yes. So fun fact, pharmacy fun fact, is the first drug reference book was in England and it was created in 1618. So practicing pharmacists, I don't know, this might be like the equivalent of the orange book today, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was called Pharmacopoeia Londonuses. And it was backed by King James I. And the reason they essentially made this book is to gain control over apothecary shops in London by limiting what they could sell. Mm. Uh, they ended up publishing nine editions um, before a new volume was combined um, um, to create the British Pharmacopoeia in 1864. And realize that she just mentioned apothecary. So people need to understand that apothecary actually means pharmacy or pharmacist. So the word has kind of changed a bit to now we just say pharmacy, but really it was because there was a lot of making of the medicine. So a lot of of the natural more, these are the ingredients that we need. We don't need the extra stuff. Mm -hmm. So just notating that. All right. JT. Uh, Ready. Hope you guys are excited. Um, so my fun fact is actually very fitting um, for Thanksgiving next week. I am going down to see family uh, uh, in Pennsylvania, and very interesting because America's first hospital pharmacy opened up at Pennsylvania Hospital in 1751. 
okay. and which at the time Pennsylvania was the uh, fastest growing city or Philadelphia was the fastest growing city in the colonies. So that is the first hospital to employ uh, someone for their apothecary. Um, yeah. And Benjamin Franklin was apparently a very big advocate for this hospital and the and getting it off the ground. One of his biggest accomplishments. Hmm. That is very interesting. I did not know that. Thank you for that fun fact. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So here's another fun fact. And I don't know how happy I am about this one, but we know that people are just addicted to this. So Coca-Cola was actually invented by a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Like, that is crazy. I mean, you think of a Coke, you drink it, and shoot. Yep. Look at the diet. There she is. Diet Coke. She is a Coke fiend. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. So, yes. <laughs> But he actually, so the guy, the pharmacist, his name is John S. Pemberton, and he created Coca-Cola as a treatment for most ailments. That kind of weird, right? Just very vague. Very, very, very vague. So he he created it um, as a treatment for most ailments. The drink was based on cocaine, the cocoa leaf, and caffeinated extracts from the cola nut. So cocaine was actually removed from the recipes in 1903, and then Pemberton sold his syrup to Atlanta soda fountains, and then, of course, the rest is history. But I think it's interesting. You know, Coca-Cola, I remember just back in the day, and I, now I understand why there's that thing. There's, like, crack or something like that in, co- in, in like, Coke, like, because you're just addicted <laughs> to it. Like, really, you were thinking, why is it that people just love, the you know, the Coke, but... Well, the Coca-Cola, okay, but not say they love Coke, but I'm saying the Coca-Cola. <laughs> um, but why it was just this big myth, and people would say things like, okay, that's so addictive. But it's really the, ca- the caffeine as well is a part of the addiction for us now that cocaine is out of it. But I think it's very interesting that it was created as a, as a thing to, uh, to heal people. But, you know, now it's just contains all kinds of sugars and all that stuff that, you know, aren't the best for us. So interesting, very interesting. All right. Now, Gigi, you have another opportunity. All right. Let me redeem myself. Here you are. Yes. I want to be a good participant. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Our fun fact next is about the most expensive drug, and it cost more than $70,000. Myelept is a drug. Yeah, that's crazy. And this drug is meant to treat a rare orphan disease. This drug costs $71,306. It is used to treat a very rare condition called generalized lipodystrophy, which is um, in which abnormal fat is distributed throughout the body. Myelept is the only drug that's available to treat this disease. And people with the condition self-administer the drug once a day and use about 14 vials a month. Each vial cost about $5,000. This just goes to show like drug companies and pricing and yeah, it's, uh, it's unaffordable it's, yeah. to lay people. Yeah, it makes it, it really, it is sad. And I know in other countries, in other countries, there's a reason why, you know, drugs cost less. And because we put so much into advertising in the United States. And so those, do- those uh-huh. advertising, those marketing dollars, that cost is passed on to the drug. So that's why the drugs are so expensive in the United States because of all the commercials and whatnot. But in other countries, they don't advertise the way that we advertise. Um, It's very different. So a drug like this may cost much, much, Mm -hmm. much less 
you know, in another country because of just this this fact. So, and I think too, America spends a lot of money on R and D, research and development, yep. and so a lot of our dollars are going into the drug companies' price on their other products while mm-hmm. they're researching something that hasn't come out yet. Yeah, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. Okay, Nadine, back to me. Okay. Yes, girl. Uh, fun fact. Um, Listerine. So something that we use today, hopefully a lot of people use it today, (laughs) Um, was named after Joseph Lister, who promoted using antiseptics at hospitals. So it was invented by Dr. Joseph Lawrence. He chose to name his work after someone who inspired him, who was Joseph Lister. He was an English doctor and surgeon who believed in the concept of using sterilization, thank goodness, and antiseptics in the operating room. Practices still used today. Thank goodness. Thank Um, goodness. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. So that's how he named um, Listerine was after this physician and, you know, still widely available today. In different flavors. Different flavors. Yes. (laughs) Do you guys like the alcohol-free one? Is that the, the better one now? That yeah. is the better one, yeah. Yeah. Get away from that. Yeah. So, the, but you know, if you have for for your, for our children, we give them the alcohol free one. For us, you know, I just, I don't, you know, the alcohol is you know fine, right? So you don't mind a little burn. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind a little burn. The burn makes you feel like there's something that's happening. It makes it, you know, it's I agree. I, I'm psychosomatic. Like, if it's not burning, yeah, it's, not like burning it's, it's not working. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> so. All right. So. All right, so is it my turn? Yeah. Whose turn is it? I, my I turn? I think so. Oh, it's me, right? Oh, it's okay. Joanna. Yes, Joanna. Joanna. So similar to the Coke uh, inventor, Dr. Pepper uh, was also created by a pharmacist. Darn pharmacist. Early pharmacists seem to be very involved with the beverage soda. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, inventions. Uh, so Dr. Pepper was invented by a pharmacist in Waco, Texas. Uh, Charles Alberton, who created a syrup that he wanted to smell like a drugstore. Hmm. So if you're somebody who liked cough syrup originally, then you may have <laughs> gotten along well with uh, Charles the pharmacist and enjoyed a Dr. Pepper. That is so funny. What is So maybe this is, I guess this is soda shops, right? So a mm-hmm. lot of pharmacies, the older pharmacies, mm-hmm. the independents would have soda shops. In there, and I guess it's kind of like a like ice cream and yeah. a little cola. Yeah, so that makes sense. Too. A little cola, the the float. Uh huh. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Okay. So, next fun fact, and then we'll start to move on to some good stuff. Some more good stuff. Um, the first commercial drug was mass produced in 1883. So the Industrial Revolution brought the technology necessary for mass pr- producing the first commercial drug. Um, antipyrene. And so this was sold to customers in a dosed prepackaged form. And so most pharmacists still custom made a lot of medications from raw ingredients to suit individual needs. But the technology is kind of what puts a lot of the compounding, it, the compounding pharmacies and pharmacists out of business because now we need this mass produce. And it was necessary, of course, because, right. you know, I mean, there aren't, you know, there weren't independent pharmacies on every corner like there are these retail pharmacies that, you know, the mass production of, of drugs. So anyway, um, this thing's interesting. We had the tablets and the enteric coated tablets that were introduced in 1884. The gelatin capsule uh, was first mass produced in 17, in 1875. And then by the 1900s, most pharmacies were stocking their shelves with these prefabricated medications. 
there it has its place definitely but of course um, if we can do something specifically for you that's still uh, in my opinion the, of course as a compounding pharmacist in my opinion the best thing to do to get something specifically for you um, all right so let's try to get one more in okay. and then we'll go to break and when we come back we're going to start talking about some real good stuff guys Sounds good. So last fun fact for this segment, America's first licensed pharmacist opened a drugstore that provided traditional medicine as well as voodoo remedies. Voodoo. Okay, so Louisiana was the first state that required a pharmacist to be licensed and a French immigrant um, became their first licensed pharmacist and he opened his own pharmacy in New Orleans in 1823 hmm. gotcha. and he offered traditional and other Remedies like opium, leeches, and soda fountains. Leeches. Leeches. <laughs> that was a big, that was blood sucking. Uh, we got to talk about that when we get back, just real quick. So, guys, when we come back, we talk, when we come back from break, when we come back from break, we'll continue to talk about We got to talk about this leech thing. Welcome back to the L show, where the L does not stand for leeches. However, <laughs> that's where we left off. We were talking about leeches. And so, I mentioned that it had been probably 20 years or so. And when I was in a hospital, I was working in a hospital and um, we were using leeches. And so I'm like, are we still using it? Joanna, JT, Dr. Tracy, please confirm this for us. It's the case. Yeah, they're still, still used sometimes. They're really great for wound healing, mm -hmm. helping getting blood flow to an area after a surgical Mm -hmm. uh, sites to help prevent that blood clotting. <clears throat> the, I mean, I'm just still blown away by that. But but, but you know what? We're going to have a demonstration on the show because Bill just <laughs> Bill Bill just volunteered to actually allow He's us the to victim. bring yeah bring a leech in, <laughs> put it on his arm. Only yeah. a couple more glasses of Wildcat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, guys. So now. We're going to get into, since this is our third segment, we're going to get into really the crux of what, why this show is important. So today, you know, I'm a pharmacist, right? We're all pharmacists. And one of the pain points, I think, of any pharmacist is that they get pigeonholed. And it is as though the only thing that we can do is we are in this box, right? We are down in a basement or we are possibly um, behind a counter, not looking at anyone, um, counting pills. No, 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 no. Okay, we can teach a monkey to count by fives, okay? Um, but what we do is we save lives. We are the last line of defense for any mistake. Really, we are. But we are much more than that also. So let's just talk about pharmacy school. Okay, so what does it take to get into pharmacy school? It ain't easy. It ain't easy. I mean, we had how many people in our class? There were probably, was it probably 60? Maybe 60 people in our class. Yeah. There was yeah. about 60 people okay. in our class. And mm -hmm. there were, I believe, so at that time, there were probably 12, 12 to 13 applicants per spot. Mm -hmm. So just know it was hard to get in, but even harder to stay in because mm -hmm. the curriculum, would you guys agree? Very vigorous. The curriculum was nuts, right? I mean, it was a full-time job. Literally, we had to treat it as though it was a full-time job. I know mm -hmm. that's what I did, and I know that you guys were the same. I mean, we were just like, 
And for the listener that doesn't know, it's four years and it's yes. a doctorate program. Yes, yes, yes. You get your, your undergraduate degree and then you go to pharmacy school for four more years. Now, I'll say this too. Um, there are some spots in certain schools, you know, there's that six-year program, but those are very limited spots for that, for that because... You have to, I mean, you have to, I think you have to declare when you're going into college and you have to apply for it. So you have to be an outstanding candidate in order for you to get accepted into a six-year program. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd want to do a six-year program for the money piece, maybe, you know, so I don't have to pay so much in loans. But I feel like the undergraduate education that we got and you being a little more mature when you get into pharmacy school because of the rigor, I think it's, you know, I just, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? You guys agree or disagree with me? What do you think? Nadine? Yeah, 100%. It's definitely a rigorous program. Um, you know, we have a wealth of knowledge. There's, you know, mm-hmm. infinite amount of medications, but it's not just knowing medications, knowing what it does to your body, um, how it affects the body. I mean, so there's just, there's so much. So yeah, definitely. I remember many, many late nights. Yes. And and we're um, taught about disease states and then adding medication on to help improve those disease states. Yeah, we get that foundational knowledge. And then the big yeah. thing, too, was mm-hmm. three years of didactic work in the classroom setting and then a year of rotations, which is huge. We are side by side with physicians, nurse practitioners. Right. I even got to... Um, have a preceptor who was a cardiothoracic surgeon at the VA hospital. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. great opportunities that pharmacy students have. And I think maybe the public doesn't realize how much um, exposure yeah. we had how in much our education. Exactly, exactly what they do. And I mean, and I think, you know, it's it's interesting because when you look, when people are like, oh, so you're, you're a doctor, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a doctor, doctor of pharmacy. There are different doctors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they are like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So how long did you go to school? And you have to kind of tell people, yeah, eight years at a minimum Mm -hmm. is what you're going to. And if you decide to do a residency, that could be another two years, right? Um, You want to become board certified. Dr. Tracy is board certified in pediatrics, right? Tell tell us more about that, Dr. Mm -hmm. Tracy. (laughs) Yeah. When When did you do that in your career journey? And what was it like? Yeah. Sure. I, I have always worked in the, uh, in the inpatient hospital side. So I think it's a, a little bit different experience than, than some of the more uh, patient retail um, community mm-hmm. focused mm-hmm. type roles. Um, but I have been there going on probably 15 years now. And so I, I pivoted to start working in pediatrics about seven years ago. And so uh, after working with uh, the, that patient population, working in a children's hospital, um, tested for board certification in pediatrics, and it's been very helpful in being able to be able to provide the best care for children and be able to partner with our physician and nursing colleagues uh, in a hospital setting, which is you know, some of your most critical times to make sure that you're providing the best care for children. So let's, let's, so Nadine, so you are, your specialty is geriatrics, right? I'm on the whole other end of the spectrum. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Equally important, both ends of the spectrum. Yes, the babies and the older adults. Yep, special populations. And I think maybe people don't realize, you know, as we age, our bodies change and the way we um, absorb medications is different. So probably a lot of people don't know they have People who are listening to your to your show right now have loved ones who are in long-term care settings who um, get admitted to skilled care facilities. So this might be just 
rehab for hip replacements or, um, you know, um, occupational therapy mm -hmm. after a stroke, things like that. A pharmacist is one of the, um, you know, medical team, part of the medical team, inter interdisciplinary medical team that's like evaluating and managing their medications um, mm -hmm. on a daily basis. So, um, you know, if you have a loved one who's, who's in one of these um, facilities, um, you do have a pharmacist there that you can reach out to that helps Thank manage goodness. the medication. Yeah. And we're a big proponent, you know, big part of my practice is deprescribing, you know, mm -hmm. every time patients get admitted, there's a lot of, a lot of issues that can happen between their home, their hospital stay, and then their admission to a long-term care. So um, a lot of medication mishaps that can happen. So what's um, deprescribing? What's so, so define for us, what's deprescribing? Deprescribing is really looking at the patient as a whole mm -hmm. and managing their medications and realizing there are some medications they don't need. Um, it's can, you know, be either reducing doses that are mm -hmm. more, you know, that are less likely to cause adverse effects or to interact with other medications or also just getting them off certain medications entirely. Um, so you really have to manage the whole patient and, and, and look and more is not better. you know, less is definitely better, especially in older populations. They're at a much mm -hmm. higher risk of adverse effects from, from medications because um, their body, you know, our bodies change as we, as we get older, we don't tolerate medications in the same way. So, so here, so we've heard, we've heard two, two different um, lanes of pharmacy. We've heard peds, we've heard geriatrics, and this is just, you know, two of the many, many, many areas of pharmacy that are there as a resource. So let's just go back to pharmacy school really quickly. I mean, and what people don't, what people don't understand is really like certain pharmacy schools are, they're fine. I would say Wingate University School of Pharmacy is probably one of the best. I will say that hands down. Um, and that was because we had such a progressive dean. Not biased at all, Nicole. What's that? I know, not biased at all. I know exactly. Yeah, we all graduated from Wingate. So, but, but it is, it was, it was super progressive. Um, dean Supernaw. Um, was all about training clinicians. He wanted you to have experiences that you wouldn't think you're going to have when you're coming into pharmacy school to learn about drugs, i.e. I remember he also trained us, or he had a class on critical thinking. Yeah, the critical thinking piece. And like he would just kind of just, it, it was crazy. We always felt like we were, we were on edge. Like what's, <laughs> what's he going to say next or what's he going to ask next? But remember... Patient assessment lab. Oh, that one okay? too. Okay, so we do this. So when you see us do this, so for all of these people who are listening, hey, everybody, do this. Are listen, you going to go there? This, yes, we are. Yes, we are. So, <laughs> yes, I am. Patient assessment lab. We had to do a prostate exams. But you know what? It's important. Look at Joanna's like. Oh my God! Did she just? But, I'm like, wait. I haven't done it in uh, in practice yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again. That was done right, so yeah, that we could. You don't. You don't need to do prostate exams. Yeah, you sure? Sure. Um, you know we. <laughs> but you know the reason why that was done was because they wanted us to have to know what patients go through. Mm -hmm. Empathy is huge in what we do, and we're going to continue this conversation when we get back from break. Welcome back to the last segment. Oh, I'm so sad. The last segment of the L Show today with my guests, my friends, my colleagues, Dr. Georgianne Douglas, 
Dr. Joanna Tracy and Dr. Nadine Mokhtari. Thank you guys for being here today. It's so nice. Of course. Thank you for having us. Um, So before we get back into our topic, I want to make sure that I mention, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that, you know, it is holiday shopping time. And as we are approaching Thanksgiving, what is everybody looking forward to? It's typically Black Friday, right? So people want the Black Friday deals. People get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, you know, to get outside of Best Buy or, you know, I mean, I've done it. So that's what we're, that's what we're, we're, we're leaning towards is how does our Black Friday look? Well, At Rose Pharmacy, we're not doing Black Friday. We are doing the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday deals. So Monday through Wednesday at the store, you will get 40% off. We're doing some deep discounts. You get 40% off uh, for you have people in your life who are skin divas or skin kings. We have microneedling devices for at home. That will be at 40% off. We have cryo rollers, that, which are great for lymphatic drainage and those little problem areas. And we also have Magic Hour Bubble Tea. Beautiful. It's it's our blue pineapple blend. It's beautiful. We also have the boba pearls as well. So people don't understand when they think of bubble tea. They think that, oh, it's just going to look like this with the little black little spheres in there. Uh-huh. No. So it's the tea. And then you have to add in the pearls. Okay. So we have them both. So we are discounting again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday only. We are doing 40% off of those items. Again, you should come and see me. Do you ship? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will ship. So you should, you can give a call to the store if you want to, to get us to ship something to you at 704-255-6172. And for those of you who are local, you can always stop by 20035 Jaton Road, Sweet B in Cornelius. I'm right behind the Circle K um, right there on Catawba. So that's that. Love you guys so much. Let's get back to it. So we were talking about what, right? So the prostate exams. So again, it was important, and this is why I love Wingate. It was important for us to have the the empathetic experience of of patients, right? Mm -hmm. So, but everything there was a purpose and a plan for all of our classes. Why were we learning X? Why were we learning Y? So some people would say, you know, we should just be learning about drugs. No, we need to understand the system, the drug on this, the drug and its impact on the system. We need to understand dosing, dosing requirements, dosing minimums, whether or not a drug is concentration dependent, right? Whether or not a drug is dose dependent, right? Well, whether or not the, the pharmacological effects of that drug, if you're gonna get some benefit from it. Like we need to learn those things and we had to, it was just honestly, it was a wonderful experience for me and I know for you ladies as well, but it was also a um, enlightening experience because you just don't know, until you go through it, you don't know how important we are, how important what we do is to an entire healthcare sphere. We're kind of like a gatekeeper, too, for accidents, you know, catching things from prescribers, Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. things that are transmitted and a small error that the pharmacist catches and um, carries out that conversation with the provider and says, hey, just want to run this past you. So that's something your pharmacist is doing back in the background that you don't see. And those are the types of things that take time. And the pharmacist has Mm -hmm. to be knowledgeable to know which ones are worth pause and research before we proceed with filling. So I think a huge thing here, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Donnie. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, 
I mean, Georgianne hit the nail on the head. I was just going to, I'll tell you guys a quick little story. Of yes. A pharmacist caught there that was, you know, pretty big in my practice recently. So I had a patient who kept having strokes and was getting admitted to the hospital. Um, they had a stroke, on, you know, while on an antiplatelet therapy. They got changed to another one, still had a stroke. They got admitted to a long-term care. Um, and it wasn't until my eyes were on that patient that I saw they had been on a sub-therapeutic dose, um, not even a recommended wow. dose antiplatelet therapy. It had gone through the hospital. They didn't catch it, um, and it wasn't until they were admitted in long-term care. And this just happened in my practice um, a few weeks ago. And I immediately called the cardiologist, and I said, why would you have the patient on this dose? And they said, what do you mean? I would never put a patient on this dose. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they had been through the system. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't until, you know, they came in and into um, one of the facilities that I consult for and that I was able to catch it. So the patient was having strokes, but they weren't on a therapeutic dose of a medication that they should have been. So, um, yeah, pharmacists are, I think, a huge, I mean, they're just an integral part of the system. And often it's um, not intentional. Yeah, yeah, your story highlights it perfectly that that was no one person's fault. It was a team that had to, or you, your eyes had to catch it and then bring it to the attention of the provider and everybody was on, for, on board to correct it, you know, like a healthcare team. But the scary thing is, though, is that it, the patient had gone through right. how, many, how many times had that medication been filled, right? How many times had it been refilled, approved, for a refill. I mean, there's a process, right? How many times was that seen? And thank God, thank God that, you know, you were at the end here and you were like, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking through this. You have the time to look through this and you're like, wait, you catch it. How often does that happen? And it's not caught. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm certain it happens a lot. But again, this is where your pharmacists are an absolute integral part of um, you owning your healthcare, you owning your experience, and you know, regardless of where you are, regardless of where you are, if you are that patient who um, doesn't take any medications and wants to, you know, vitamin supplements, right? So they want to improve X or improve Y or do X or do, you can still partner with them in that. I do it all the time in my practice. I just had a consultation this morning. Um, you know, just completely on supplements, vitamins, things that, are, because we are in, a, this is a time where we're, everybody's trying to be healthy, but we know that sometimes a, a lot of a lot is not the best thing to do, even when we're talking about supplements and vitamins, mm -hmm. right? What's best, what you should take, what you shouldn't take. People just don't, they just don't know, but this is where we come in, right? This is where we come in. And I'll say this too, a plug for you, Gigi, <clears throat> so you have taken it to a, you've, you're using food as medicine, which is mm -hmm. what I absolutely love. And a lot of clients who have come into my store who have heard the show just are like, wow, it's just amazing because they've known it, but they needed somebody to prove it to them. They needed somebody to tell them that I can use food as medicine, mm -hmm. right? So how do you create that, that sphere of, okay, we're bathing our bodies in good things so that it can function appropriately and maybe not have to deal with all of these other issues. Exactly. Right? And, and and you're right that so many people nowadays are craving that, how do I implement this idea mm -hmm. of eating healthier? 
Mm-hmm. Because everyone is very knowledgeable and everyone knows how to Google search things. I hate, listen, I'm not going to say I hate, I'm not going to say I hate Google. I will not say I hate Google. But we do know that people will diagnose themselves based upon doing a Google search or any, how about just remove Google. A search engine, people will put in, right. you know, this is what I'm experiencing and then they've now diagnosed themselves. Or, or nowadays chat GPT yeah. too. So that's something that I help as a sounding yeah. board for my clients, you know, kind of use me to narrow that funnel so you don't have so much water running through the hose of information, um, but yeah. have a pharmacist back it for you. So on this really quickly, Gigi, I want you to give us some Thanksgiving eating advice real quick. We only have a few more, a few more seconds to go. Yeah. So go I'll ahead. just start with the beginning of Thanksgiving appetizers and then the end. Okay. So your appetizers should be light so that they're not taking place of the main entree and also adding greens at the beginning of your meal, balancing your plate with vegetables first is better for your high glycemic balance. So you don't have glucose spikes or blood sugar spikes. Um, so vegetable appetizer. And then to follow up at the end of the meal, walking after eating is very good for balancing blood sugars as well. So maybe just go for a little walk with your family members after your Thanksgiving meal. And Thank then you. come home and lay on the sofa and watch a movie. <laughs> Thank you for that. Eat again, and you eat again after the. And walk. eat again, yes. Then eat again <laughs> and go to sleep. Exactly. We Excuse double that. We go again. We do. Yeah, we do like two or three, two or three yeah. times. Right. So yeah. we are coming to the end of our segment, unfortunately, and I want to thank everyone who has tuned in to this week's episode of the L Show. Of course, I'm your host. Dr. Nicole Eastman, um, and a huge thank you to my girls, Dr. Joanna Tracy, Dr. Mokhtari, and Dr. Douglas. I'm going to call you guys Tarani and George Goulias. Dang it. Um, And it's Thanksgiving, guys. So, of course, remember to be thankful for what you have, no matter where you are. Um, and for those of you who missed any part of the show or any of our previous shows, remember you can find them on WSSCnews.com or you can watch by following them on Facebook. Um, we're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So remember, guys, that the best, the best holiday deals are at Rose Pharmacy, and they are happening next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Remember, microneedles, they are the best kept secret in skincare. I am telling you guys don't sleep on microneedles, and we have them in three different sizes, all 40% off. The cryo rollers, 40% off. Um, the beautiful blue pineapple bubble tea by Magic Hour, 40% off. The address to the store again is 20035 Jaton Road, Sweet B in Cornelius. And remember, ladies, we want you guys to block off that 3 to 4 p.m. time slot every Friday for the L Show because I want this to be our happy hour and where we are wrapping up our week together on this uplifting note. Yes, ladies. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Thanks again to all of our listeners. You guys have a very safe and happy Thanksgiving. We will see you guys soon. Guys, thank you so much for being here. I love you guys. Love Amazing. Thank you for having, thank you for having us. us. Wish we were all together. I know. The new 1059 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.